He's ready. <laughs> Let's start with it. Monday Night Football, prime time. Justin Fields' first time in prime time football. And the Bears' offense looked like they were nowhere to be found early on in the game. But we did see them come alive in the second half. Did that bring you any, you know, comfort that this Bears offense is actually onto something? It did. I, I sat down to watch Monday Night Football. And a lot of times, again, I'm not in Chicago anymore. I sit down to watch the Bears. I have like a bad feeling going into the game. Like this is going to be a tough four hours of my life. And the first half was kind of all over the place. But then the second half, I thought the Bears felt really competitive on offense, on defense. Roquan Smith blitzing and nailing uh, Roethlisberger. I, the defense looked much better, even though they've got some injuries. But the offense looked competitive in the second half. I won't use the word good or great, but it looked like a team that could win a game. And the Steelers don't have a bad defense at all. They couldn't hold uh, TJ Watt off. But the team felt competitive. Mooney feels competitive. Fields was battling. And I would go into this week. If I were a Bears fan, middle of the week, I feel way, way better than I did a month ago. Yeah, a lot of Bears fans are feeling comfortable about this offense a little bit more of seeing Justin Fields get a chance to kind of take that next step in his young career. Are you enjoying watching his development week to week? Yeah, because I don't think, again, I'm not like uh, an expert on passing, but like I think he has a lot to do work as a passer. I think he has a lot to work to do as a decision maker, as a runner. I'd like to see him run like Russell Wilson does. Out of necessity, avoid hits, slide. Getting hit isn't that cool. It makes you seem tough and all that, but I think that's something he's got to make a lot better. But if I'm the Bears, I know, all right, we have a guy who can compete, who could battle, and the fans are behind, the team is behind. Let's spend the next year building up an offensive line to protect this guy because I think that's it. I think they have a solid defense. A position, I think uh, running backs and wide receivers, no offense, can be gotten later in the draft, but you have to build the offensive line. It, remember, Andrew Luck never had a good line and got roughed up. I think that's one of the reasons he retired early. But then you look the opposite. Remember when Dak Prescott came in the league? I think he was a third or early fourth round draft choice. He joined the, the, the Cowboys, who had the best offensive line in the league, and he flourished. And he wasn't that great yet as a passer, but he had time to do things. I think you have to look at Justin Fields as we have a 10-year guy here. Not a three-year guy like Mitch Trubisky was. Let's protect him at all costs. I love that. I know Bears fans love that too, Paulie, because yeah. that's what they've been searching for, man. They've been searching for this position for such a long time. And this kid seems to be the truth. And he has that, that it factor that everybody's excited about. But moving forward, still, the people that are coaching him and that mm -hmm. are bringing him along are <laughs> under question. So Matt Nagy. A lot of people are trying to figure out, you know, what's his future with this franchise? Do you feel that he is the right person to bring along Justin Fields to make him the quarterback that we all believe that he can be? Again, I'm watching the coverage from outside. I'm on the East Coast, but I, I watch all the Bears coverage, your show and all the other shows there. And it seems like the fans have already made the decision about Matt Nagy. I don't think that winning three in a row would change it. I think they want him gone. I think that's fair to say. I don't know if it's fair. But if you look at what they did in the offseason, they had gotten uh, Andy Dalton, which seemed to be like a, a nice stopgap improvement at quarterback, a stable quarterback. But when Ryan, here's my theory, Ryan Pace, the GM, when he got to the draft, thought to, thought to himself, if I draft a good rookie quarterback that people could be excited about, I may buy myself two, three more years. People want to stay employed. Let's not kid each other. You know, they don't want to move their families. They don't want to, you know, sell their homes. I think Ryan Pace picked Justin Fields to save his own job. And I think it's going to work for him because when you have a rookie quarterback, who starts showing promise, they're going to stop calling for the GM's head. 
They still may call for the coach's head. And I think that one is too far down to go back the other way. Yeah, Paulie, I, I believe, though, that both of the guys are linked together, man. Yeah. I really do. I, I believe if it's either both go or they both stay. That's well, how I see it from now. That's, I, that, think that's yeah. I think that's smart thinking, and you know your football, but Ryan Pace could fire the coach to buy himself more years. And sure. people take care of themselves in sports, in business, and whatever. Believe me, if, if he links himself to, Ryan pa uh, to uh, Nagy, he may shorten his own career, and I don't think that would be intelligent. I've also been thinking about offensively, right, and, and how you talked about the running backs and wide receivers. Uh, Darnell Mooney has shown that he is a, a young, bright star and has the ability to be really, really special. Right. But also, too, I think a lot of people are thinking about Allen Robinson. Ever since he put on a Bears uniform, I mean, he's been that guy that's been so dependable. But his lack of production and kind of connection with Justin Fields is something that a lot of people are talking about here in, in Chicago didn't you think from the beginning that that would probably be a match made in heaven and a lot of deep balls down the field, but hasn't really transpired that way? I don't get it. Again, we're not in the meetings. We're not in the practices. You're closer to this than I am. But it, it's like he doesn't get targeted in Allen Robinson. And when he gets targeted, the ball is a little high. Again, Fields is still developing as a passer. But it's like he believes in Mooney for some reason and either doesn't believe in Robinson or the coaching staff doesn't. Again, it's hard to tell from outside. I was, was shocked they didn't trade Robinson to the trade deadline and try to pick up some picks. I think the Bears don't have a first or fourth in the next draft. I think they have a second or third. I may be wrong, but I would I would get draft picks to build the line. Again, with skill position players, especially at the running back position, I think you take guys like Montgomery, second, third, fourth rounders, wide receivers in the second, third, and fourth round. Because look at guys like Kareem Hunt. Look at Nick Chubb. They weren't top 10 draft picks, and they're fantastic running backs. Well, we're going to go right to that position because, you know, it's dear, dear to my heart, the running back position, and I agree with what you're talking about. But the Bears, though, have been searching for an identity since Matt Nagy has taken over as head coach in Chicago, and everybody's trying to figure out what are they going to do? Can they, are they going to be a passing team? Are they going to be a running team? Are they going to be more balanced? As of right now, they found their identity. They can run the football. Is, is that surprising to you? And that a guy like Matt Nagy, who doesn't like to run the football now, that's the identity of his offense. And that's great because look at Baker Mayfield. He has two Pro Bowl running backs and a very good offensive line. I don't think Baker Mayfield is especially great quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's much better than Justin Fields. I mean, he is a little bit now. He's more advanced, but Mayfield is protected and he's got two guys who could each run for 1500 yards. It takes a lot of pressure off him. And I think the Bears could do this every year. Draft a third-round running back. Draft a third-round running back. Bring in guys like Tariq Cohen who can do great things on third down, like those Darren Sproles types, those Kevin Falk types who don't cost you a lot of money but can produce. You look at the Patriots, until Sony Michelle, they never took a first-round running back. They just interchanged decent running backs, brought people in. But the, what they always did was make sure Tom Brady didn't get hit because if Tom Brady's upright, we have a chance. If Justin Fields is running for his life, he can't do anything. If he's got enough time to look downfield, he likes to go deep, which I love. He's going to make it happen. We're at the midpoint of the season right now. And defensively, this is a different defense than it was at the beginning of the year. And I think just kind of the wear and tear and all of you know, yeah. the pressure that was put on their shoulders. Are you surprised that we're starting to see this Bears defense have as many issues as they are right now? Um no, Akeem Hicks being healthy. I think he is one of the most underrated players in the league. I would love to have him on my team. He just havoc. And Eddie Goldman, uh, 
you got to have those guys healthy because that frees up guys like Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith, I think, is a lightning fast linebacker. You know this. And when he has Goldman and Akeem Hicks in front of him, how do they get to him? He can just roam free. If you go back to even the 85 Bears days, what made Mike Singletary great is there's Dan Hampton, there's Steve McMichael. Who are you sending out to double team me? Nobody, because you got to deal with these guys. I think it's a similar thing now. Yeah, pretty similar too. Tommy Harris, you can go back to him in, Absolutely. in that in that era too with, with those linebackers. I mean, anytime that you have that type of pressure and a guy that can kind of take two, two blockers, man, yep. it frees up everybody. But I want to go back to Roquan, man. I, I, I just, I get chills thinking about it. I, we don't talk enough about how great he is and how special he is, man. You look at his numbers right now. He's having an all pro season, man, yep. and pro bowl season. Isn't it amazing to see what he can do off the ball, going to get any type of tackle that you need him to get or make a play when you need him to make a play? Yeah, I remember him in college, and when the Bears drafted him, I'm usually against middle linebackers too early in the draft. I think it's a position you can get later. I've never seen a faster middle linebacker. Urlacher, fast side to side. Ray Lewis, some guys like that. Um, Luke Keekley was a very good linebacker. But Roquan, he takes off. It feels like he's shot out of a cannon. And when he blitzed the other day, I want to see more of those, man, because that guy could blitz. You could almost line him up on the on the end and be a rushbacker sometimes. Um, he has freakish speed. I, and I just, you know, I think his career started a little rocky, some off-the-field stuff that he was getting together. It feels like he's hitting a stride. Yeah, I'm also thinking about health. You know, this bye week is hopefully this team can get healthy. One of the biggest things they need is Khalil Mack to get back on the football field yeah. because, you know, him and Robert Quinn went healthy they were wreaking some havoc getting after the quarterback and even pressuring the quarterback. And I think that could really help this defense get back to hopefully get some turnovers, which they haven't had in a long time. Yeah. It, it's interesting because Khalil Mack's another guy where as, as good as he's been for the bears, I'm not sure I ever loved that trade. I loved it at first, but they gave up a lot for him. He's been a really good player. I don't know if he's been an all pro he has at times. Um, I think with the future of the bears, you have to look at the division. And the Packers are not going to have Aaron Rodgers within, I think, the next two years. Uh, uh, I don't think Minnesota is anything special. They always find the banana people, it seems like. And the Lions, unless something changes in the earth, they're going to be below average forever. No offense. But I think the Bears with Fields have this opportunity for the next five years to be a team that kind of takes control of that division. If they draft smart, if they get some good free agents and don't spend on things they don't need, like, you know, don't overspend on a wide receiver, get it at the draft. But you want to spend some money, spend it on the line. It's not sexy and people won't go, Oh, we got this fantastic offensive guard, but that's what wins you games. I mean, look at, again, I go back to the Cowboys five years ago when Dak got there, they had Tyron Smith and they had Zach Martin and all these guys and they're not household names, but it lets the quarterback do his job. That's a great segue of talking about the NFC North to my next question about Aaron Rodgers. What do you make of this Rodgers situation that's going on? He is the mo one of the more interesting people to cover in sports media because I we don't know him that well. We've had him on the show a bunch of times. We had him in person once. He was super fun, but a lot of people are super fun when they come on the set and talk to Dan and the guys. Uh, his talent excuses a lot. His ability excuses a lot. You know, I'm raised to hate the Green Bay Packers. I can't hate Aaron Rodgers because I would kill to have, not literally, but close, to have him as the Bears quarterback. He is so damn good. But he seems like a guy who can be perpetually difficult, um, a bit of a know-it-all. I kind of like that in my quarterback. I want my quarterback to be cocky. I want my quarterback to bother people sometimes because as long as they produce, it just seems like he's a guy who 
will do his own thing whenever he wants. And if you want to compare him to someone, and this is apples and oranges, remember Dennis Rodman when he was averaging 18 rebounds a game? He could do anything he want. He could go to the crowbar till six in the morning as long as he's getting 18 rebounds a night. Nobody gave a damn what Aaron, he talked about. He could show up in a dress. He could, he could fly off to Vegas. You watched the documentary. He told Phil Jackson, I need to go to Vegas for the weekend. Can you imagine an athlete getting permission from Michael Jordan? I know it's apples and oranges, but when Aaron Rodgers is throwing 45 touchdowns a year, I think he feels like he could do whatever he damn well pleases. And it seems to be bearing out because he's still a Packer. Yeah, and it's so awesome. You, a nice segue to my next question, talking about the Bulls are the, the hottest thing in town right now, and rightfully so. But also, the talk about Scottie Pippen, man, sounding off of, on Michael Jordan. Man, why is he going so hard on MJ? I think Scottie Pippen has been in the shadow of Michael Jordan going back to the late 80s, and it's been wearing on him, and he never let it go, and he never had an outlet. And when they made the documentary, the 10-part documentary, I know the guy, Jason Hayer, who did this documentary, and he told me all the backstories of how they convinced Jordan to do it. Um, but Michael was Michael like the 80s. He's terse. He, he doesn't really throw around compliments that much, Michael Jordan. And if you expect him to soften as he gets older, uh, you're, you're wrong because he jabbed Scottie Pippen as much as he complimented him in that documentary. I think that was the last straw for Scottie. I think Scottie thought, okay, at at, after all this, I'm going to get my due. Michael's going to say, like, I have six rings in part, a big part, because of Scotty Pippen. And he didn't say it. And if he did say it, it was on the cutting room floor. I think Scotty also is frustrated because of the financial things. Like where Michael Jordan's made a billion bucks. And, and Scotty had some issues with his contracts back in the Bulls days. And Jordan talked about it in the documentary. He piled on a man's money. And I think Scotty goes, okay, I'll pick up some money, do a book, and all bets are off because – Michael and I aren't friends. We never were friends. We just worked well together. So I'm going to say what I want to say. Scotty has some good points. He was very important, but you're in Michael Jordan's got that scoreboard where he's at worst, what a top three all-time basketball player. And most people consider him the best. You're going to lose the argument. And the other thing I think was interesting is Chicago bulls fans. And I grew up in that era with the bulls. Michael Jordan's not beloved, but he's iconic. You know, he was never really a man of the people, I don't think. But the stuff he did in that, that time of our lives that he gave us for that decade with the Bulls, it's a great time. You know, the 85 Bears had a year, and they had a run of basically four years where they owned the town. Then Michael said, I got this. Around 88, Michael said, I'm, I'm, I'm taking over. And from 88 to 98, he owned that town. And football was secondary, and that's hard to do in Chicago. All right, what do you got for me? I got a couple things. I'm going blue today. Yes, sir. Now, you know I have uh, the white jersey and the blue jersey, um, but I have a few props. As you know, I, except for you, I consider myself the greatest Walter Payton fan. There is. <laughs> this is one of my seven Walter Payton Wheaties boxes that I bought back in the day. My mom gave me 20 bucks because I, I saw that uh, Walter was going to be on the cover of Wheaties. She goes, bring me back some change. And if I remember right, I think they were like $2.50 at my local grocery store in Chicago Heights, Illinois. I bought seven of these and I have all seven, but this is one. So if you ever run out, Jarrett, you can get this. Thank my you. second story about your dad is if you remember, cause you were in the video. Um, I don't know if I've told you this one before. So stop me if I have the uh, Kentucky fried chicken partnership with the Walter bucket. And on the bottom of the Walter bucket was a uh, 45 plastic record where you were in the video. Keep on dancing. One of the great songs of all time. I mean, how is, how did they win a Grammy? I'm still <laughs> upset about this. I mean, it bothers me. I went, I'm 14 years old. I rode my bicycle 
to uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken in Chicago Heights, Illinois, with my money and bought at 10 a.m., mind you, a bucket of chicken. So I'm riding my bike home with a bucket of Walter Payton chicken from Kentucky Fried Chicken. I could have been proud of myself. I was the first one in line. Nobody else was in line. It's weird. I don't think people want a bucket of chicken at 10 a.m. in the morning. I went home. My mom's like, what are you going to do with it now? I'm like, I'm eating every bit of it. And uh, that's the story. And uh, my friends thought I was nuts. I'm very proud of it. And uh, so those are just a couple. I've got more. You never told me that one. That Yeah, I was in Chicago Heights where I lived when I was that age. Uh, there's a Kentucky Fried Chicken like 12 blocks away. I had a 10 speed or whatever I had. And I went down there and they didn't even give me a bag. They just gave me the bucket. So I'm, I'm pedaling home looking like, I don't know what I must've looked like to people driving on the street. And it's 10, 15 in the morning. My mom goes, what are you gonna do with that chicken? I'm like, I guess I'll eat some now and save some for later in the day. And I still have the 45 record of the wobbly, right? You were in that commercial, weren't you? Yeah. Keep on dancing. <laughs> keep on dancing. Keep your feet moving. Dancing. Don't let you do it. Look at me break dancing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still mad. No Grammy. How did this not win a Grammy? I mean, is there a better uh, fast food related song released in 1986? No is my answer. No, there's no way, man. Dude. <laughs> 2K. I was in two KFC commercials. That's, that's, that's bananas. Paul, you're the best, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Glad to talk bears and stuff all the time. It's, it's great to be on.